Hello, everyone. I'm Lucia England, and today I will be talking about healthcare and economics. Healthcare is far from free. Therefore, over the last few years and even decades, healthcare prices have risen significantly, making it hard for everyone to afford. Unlike many other countries in the world, including Germany, Sweden, and even our neighboring country, Canada, the United States does not have free healthcare, and instead, Americans must pay ridiculous prices in order to receive medical help. According to John Hopkins, healthcare has become one of the largest industries in the world, and life expectancies in every corner of the globe continue to skyrocket. Adding more years to each individual's lifetime means that, generally, people will have more years during which to become ill. This means more hospital stays and more prescription drugs being consumed. Since healthcare is not free in America, as more people become ill and need these necessities to improve their health, the more revenue our healthcare system generates. Therefore, Using economics, we can recognize the extreme costs and inequality within our healthcare system um, and generate a better understanding for how our healthcare system runs in America. What caused the increased prices of healthcare in America? Now, how have prices skyrocketed all of a sudden, you might think? Well, the answer is for two reasons. Number one, government policy. And number two, lifestyle changes. The United States relies on company-sponsored private health insurance. Therefore, the government created programs like Medicare and Medicaid to help those without insurance. However, these programs spurred demand for healthcare services, which then gave providers the ability to raise their prices. For example, a study in health affairs co-authored by Princeton University health economist Yu Reinhardt, found that Americans use the same amount of healthcare as residents of other nations. They just pay more for them. For example, U.S. hospital prices are 60% higher than those in Europe, and it is proved that the government efforts to reform healthcare and cut costs simply raise them instead. As the healthcare system expanded and the government programs like Medicaid and Medicare expanded to more people and gave them more freedom to seek medical help, it only increased the demand for healthcare services. Therefore, as the demand increases, the suppliers raise their prices in hopes to generate more profit. Using the ideas of economics, we can recognize the presence of supply and demand in the healthcare system. Additionally, healthcare costs have risen as a result of increasing preventable diseases. In America, the four main causes of death include heart disease, cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder, and stroke. Chronic health conditions cause most of the deaths, and the diseases can cost more than $5,000 per person to treat. The average cost of treating diabetes, for example, is $9,601 per person. Additionally, these diseases are difficult to treat, for more often than not, patients get tired of taking their medications, and those who cut back find themselves in the emergency room with heart attacks, strokes, and other dangers and severe complications. Therefore, it is expensive to both treat chronic illnesses but if they go untreated, it is also expensive to pay for emergency rooms as well. Therefore, in the end, with the government creation of Medicaid and Medicare, which ended up creating a higher demand for healthcare services, and American lifestyle changes such as smoking and poor nutrition, made many more people develop chronic diseases that are extremely expensive to treat. Overall, caused prices of healthcare to skyrocket over the past few decades. Up next, we will go over the dangers of the rising costs of healthcare prices in America. Thank you.
Now, before we move on to our next topic of the dangers of the rising costs within our healthcare system, if you have any other interests surrounding podcasts that have to do with economics, tune in to Anne-Marie Murphy's podcast where she talks about how restaurants have suffered during the pandemic. Now we will be moving on to the rising costs of healthcare and how it is dangerous for our country. Over the past few decades, healthcare costs have risen significantly faster than the average annual income, meaning that over time, healthcare costs have begun to become more and more difficult to pay for every individual. In 2018, the U.S. healthcare costs were $3.6 trillion. That makes healthcare one of the country's largest industries. It equals 17.7% of gross domestic product or GDP. And in comparison, healthcare costs $27.2 billion in 1960, which is 5% of its GDP. That translates to an annual healthcare cost of $11,172 per person in 2018, versus just $147 per person in 1960. Because healthcare prices have skyrocketed, many Americans have become bankrupt trying to pay off their medical bills. A 2018 study found that medical expenses pushed 7 million people below the federal poverty line. Medical bills have become collection agencies' biggest businesses, and every year around 530,000 people declare medical bankruptcy. The fact that half a million people have gone bankrupt while attempting to pay off their medical bills emphasizes the dangers of our healthcare system and how difficult it is for majority of our population to afford. Now we will be talking about how our healthcare system is affected by wealth. Money equals quality healthcare equals longer life. Alvin Powell, a former NFL player who has dedicated his life to speaking out about the dangers of drug and substance abuse, believes this statement accurately summarizes the healthcare system in America. Witnessing and hearing people's stories firsthand, he is aware of some of the difficult things that citizens of America face when trying to seek medical help. Powell states that if you are looking to identify inequality, you don't have to go far or even travel to a third world country. Instead, you can just look at the healthcare system in the United States. In his article, he interviews Catherine Baker, who says in quotes, insurance is not just supposed to get you access to care. It is supposed to keep you from getting evicted from your apartment because you paid your hospital bill instead of your rent. So many Americans living in poverty struggle to keep up with the prices of healthcare systems affecting their everyday lives as well. Not only can people not afford their medical bills, but in turn, they begin to sacrifice things like groceries and rent in order to afford their medical care. Evaluating the situation using economics, we can recognize the opportunity costs when it comes to paying bills and the things that people have to give up in return. Additionally, in 2021, there will be roughly 30 million Americans living without health care insurance because they are unable to afford it. This number has been increasing since 2016 and is not predicted to decrease anytime soon. This means that over time, as healthcare services become more expensive, consumers are unable to afford them, forcing them to become uninsured. Up next, we'll talk about the controversial idea of whether or not healthcare should be a a right or a privilege. But first, we will take a short break.
Before moving on, if you are interested in how poverty and economics are related, make sure to listen to Amani and Abby's podcast centered specifically around poverty and economics. Is healthcare a right or a privilege? We will also be talking about ideas on universal healthcare. In the United States, it is safe to say that healthcare is a privilege. Affording healthcare is not something that everyone can pay for, making it exclusive to only those who can and making it a burden for those who cannot. However, no matter what changes are made in our healthcare system, there will always be consequences. For example, if we continue the route we were on, more and more people will begin to fall below the federal poverty line in an attempt to pay their medical bills. Or if the United States chooses to have universal health care and turn it into a right rather than a privilege like the majority of the countries in the world, the United States would have to find another way to pay for health care. That way would most likely result in higher taxes, which is what majority of the other countries use. Once again, Using economics, we can understand the trade-offs that occur when a decision is made. Whether we have universal healthcare or not, there will always be things that are given up and people who will be angry. However, through economics, we understand that that is normal and trade-offs will always exist. Some pros of universal healthcare are equal access to healthcare for all, where everyone gets the right to their medical needs without any form forms of discrimination. It will also improve the health of the general public for they will always have access to medical care, therefore reducing the amount of illnesses, which will lead to healthier people and a more efficient economy. Universal healthcare will also raise the standard of living for every individual in America, which will lead to more economic productivity. Lastly, even though this may be surprising, universal healthcare can even encourage entrepreneurship and benefit businesses. For example, According to the projections made by Kaufman Rain Institute for Entrepreneurship Public Policy, most individuals avoid starting their own businesses due to fear of losing the health insurance that they are enjoying from their current employer. With universal health care in place, self-employment in the United States could increase by 2 to 3.5%. Universal health care could also help businesses by giving them the opportunity to spend their money in other ways to expand their businesses. For example, as of 2011, about 59.5% of Americans were enjoying health insurance through their employer in the private sector. The high cost that is associated with paying employees health insurance has put private U.S. businesses at a competitive disadvantage in the international marketplace. Hence, with universal health care, private businesses can free up the funds used for health insurance for investment in other areas of their business. This could reduce employer labor costs by more than 12%. Currently, we are aware of the consequences that arise from private healthcare and the healthcare system in America. Therefore, it is important to understand the pros and cons of every situation. So, knowing the pros of a universal healthcare system, you may be thinking, why don't we just convert to free healthcare for all? Well, to introduce a single-payer healthcare system in the United States from scratch would imply not just nationalizing for the insurance industry, but also severely reducing payments to hospitals, doctors, and other parts of the healthcare industry. Additionally, many people working for politically powerful lobbies would be unemployed or bankrupted, and many others would be faced with extreme pay cuts. In the end, there is no easy way to change the healthcare system in our country. However, using ideas of economics, including identifying trade-offs, 
opportunity costs, and the pattern of supply and demand, we as consumers can have a better understanding for the relationship between healthcare and economics. Thank you to everyone for listening, and I hope you were all able to learn more about the healthcare system in America and how if you take the time to look carefully enough, understand that economics is tied to almost everything in life. Make sure to stay tuned for later episodes of Healthcare and Economics.